Hello. 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 And welcome to Pioneers Post podcast. Social enterprise stories and conversations from across the world. Hello and welcome to the Pioneers Post podcast where we help you to do good business better. How to create and be part of an ethical supply chain? That's the question we're addressing today in the first of our 2021 Wise Ways to Lead webinars delivered by Pioneers Post and NatWest. The Wise 100 network connects women working in the impact space, enabling them to learn from and inspire each other, discover collaboration opportunities and ultimately increase their social impact. I'm Julie Pybus, Global Editor at Pioneers Post, and this is the second part of our discussion about ethical supply chains. In the first episode, we heard from Joe Salter, founder of ethical brand Where Does It Come From, about how social entrepreneurs can create an ethical supply chain for their businesses. Joe will be with us later to answer questions from the audience. But first, let's hear from Isha Hugon Noshabadi, co-founder of Supply Change, an organisation that helps social enterprises to win and deliver contracts, working with buyers in the construction industry, local authorities, housing associations and corporates. That's great. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, so hello, everyone. My name is Isha Kyoganishvadi, and I am one of the co-founders of Supply Change. As Julie mentioned, Supply Change is the go-to place for buyers to find social enterprise suppliers of goods and services. And that can be anything from cleaning, coffee, construction, clothing, um, marketing, anything um, you want, we'd probably be able to find an ethical supplier for it. So through us, public and private sector organisations can engage and buy from social enterprises and create some really meaningful impact as well along the way. We work some really, with some really brilliant and committed buyers from the likes of the construction industry, local authorities, housing associations and corporates. And we've built a really, really brilliant community of suppliers. And I am a little bit biased because I lead the supplier side of things at Supply Change. Um, but seriously, we do have some amazing suppliers who are creating some really transformative impact in the areas of homelessness, health and well-being, social integration and the environment, of course. And it's a pleasure to be here with all of you, and especially speaking alongside Joe, uh, who is one of our trusted suppliers on the Supply Change platform, and a great example of a social enterprise that, that has an environmental impact embedded throughout its entire business. Something that we've seen over the last year at Supply Change is that there's been an, a huge increase in interest of social and ethical procurement from organisations since the beginning of the pandemic. And I guess many of us you know, on this call may have noticed on individual levels, more people are becoming conscious about the roles that they play in their communities, that they can be kind of active agents of change. They have an influence to, to, to make a difference and they have a spending power too with, with the kind of money that they're spending. And, and many of us saw, uh, including myself, uh, made a concerted effort to, to spend more locally, to spend with smaller businesses and of course with, with social businesses as well. And this is definitely something that we've been seeing as a sort of trend. Uh, this is starting to filter up and employers from organisations are starting to realise that their social practices need to start to go beyond the kind of CSR status quo that we've been seeing in the past and, and need to build social and environmental outcomes into their everyday operations. For public sector organisations and those that sell to public sector as well, the, the new social value model is prompting a lot of action too. So as Julie said, it's a great time. And I thought it'd be good to follow up on some of uh, Joe's points about making our supply chains more ethical to chat a bit more about how we as social enterprises uh, can get ourselves into supply chains as an ethical or more social alternative and really leverage that trend to build back better during and post pandemic. 
So Joe's spoken about how we can make ourselves more ethical and more sustainable, but when we've done all that and we've got all the kind of social and environmental benefits too, how do we bring in this commercial benefits for our organisations ourselves? So I'm just going to chat about five quick areas and tips to consider when you're selling social. Uh, the first one is uh, to, to shout about your impact and your quality. And as social enterprises, um, it can often be the case that we're a little bit more expensive than, than the alternative. Um, but shouting about our quality and impact of our products can really make us stand out uh, and show that we, we are giving value for money despite being that bit more expensive. I think we should never underestimate how motivated buyers are and buy social value and increasingly we're seeing this to be more of a primary area of consideration moving away from just price-based purchasing decisions and there's so many benefits that buyers will get when spending with social enterprises you know things like reaching their csr social value or sustainability goals engaging and retaining staff looking good in front of socially motivated clients or other stakeholders and supporting the communities that they're operating in. And as I mentioned, COVID, climate change, and of course the murder of George Floyd has exposed so many shortcomings of both private and public sector organizations and how they do business. So there's a real huge incentive to build that better now. And I think social enterprises are in a really great position to offer a solution to that. The second is to really deeply learn and understand the needs of your clients. Uh, you want to be in a position to solve, your solve their problems and improve their existing spend. So asking questions at a really early stage can be, in a really important, um, can be really important to ensure that you're meeting their needs. And some really great questions that we normally ask and, and you'd like to maybe ask your clients is, you know, what do they want and what do they need? What have they bought? Who have they bought from before? What are they buying? Um, where are their values and what are the values of their network? Where are, where are their kind of impact goals? Are they to work with certain SCGs? Are they working with the big society outcomes matrix? Are they interested in carbon offsetting and how can you fit into those impact goals? Um, what causes have they supported previously? And where are they spending their money? Is it in a local context? Are they looking to spend nationally? Are they inter interested in the international supply chain? And how can you build yourself into that? And, and what else can, can you as a supplier bring to the table? And I think once you've got a full understanding and a picture of the buyer, you can really see how you can fit into their work. And timing is another thing to, to have in consideration as well, finding out um, what timelines your, your client are working with. So um, if they have existing contracts, when are they ending? When do they review their spending? Um, or do they usually focus on a certain uh, product or service at certain points in the year? Or do they focus on a certain impact issue as well in certain times of the year? The third point is meeting and building relationships and it is really difficult, definitely has been difficult over the last year and a half and it would be great if our products and services sold and did all the work for us um, but we definitely need to work on our relationships to get our social enterprises over the line. Building a relationship can be a great way to find out more about your client and tell them more about you and it's a great chance to bring them on, on your journey and the impact journey because that can be a really convincing element of our businesses for, for clients. And as I said, it's not easy at the moment, but attending events like this and from other sector organisations where motivated buyers um, maybe can be really beneficial. We often run Meet the Buyer events at the likes of Weights, Orbit, Peabody and match procurement teams with social enterprise suppliers. 
um, and that's just to initiate conversations or build on uh, previous relationships too. Um, and the fourth tip I'd say is to, is to give the best service you can and we're in a great position for that because as smaller businesses we can move quickly and we're really innovative. They love, buyers tend to love this, they love and, and value our kind of nimble and resourceful approach to things. At Supply Change, we're always trying to think, how can we nurture our contacts, give them the best service and really wow them. And this can look like staying in touch, checking in on how a contract's going, asking if there's any way that we can improve, sending interesting articles and events, and, and sometimes offering to mentor staff or present to stakeholders and bring along everyone on the journey to get buy-in across the organisation. I think a really important point to make here as well is that we should you know, really give our best service but never undersell ourselves. I think as social businesses, small businesses and especially um, female-led businesses this is particularly important and we've definitely been guilty in the past of cutting prices to meet buyers demands just to win a contract. That said I think it is you know really important to bear in mind um, that the impact on the work we do, it does cost money. And with this triple bottom line, there is uh, an additional charge. And I think buyers will appreciate this if we do that too. Um, so if you're targeting the right buyers and they're motivated to buy from social enterprises, um, they should definitely value this also. My fifth and final tip is to make use of platforms and networks that have already got an audience for your social enterprise. And these could be organizations that you'd want to tap into that might specifically target those that are interested in social enterprises. Research who they are and, and find out what you can offer to them and their audience. A couple of examples of these could be industry membership groups um, that work in your targeted sector. It could be organizations that support the specific type of business. It could be event organisations um, with a similar audience to you, or it could be organisations specifically set up uh, to support social enterprises and getting them into different supply chains. Uh, so those are my five tips. I'll, I'll repeat them quickly and then I'll hand it back to Julie because I'm conscious that we'd want to leave some time for uh, questions. But the first is to shout about your impact and quality, learn about your clients and their needs, meet and build relationships, give the best service you can without underselling yourself, and make use of platforms and networks that you already have a ready-made audience for you. Um, but yes, I'm keen to hear, I'll stop there, but I'm keen to hear from everyone and continue this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Isha. There's a, a lot a lot for people to think about there and to take action on, I think. So that's really useful, practical stuff for, for everyone. And yeah, that point about relationships um, can't be emphasised enough, can it? We're going to take some questions. I've seen a question come in from Sophie Short. So um, Sophie, ask your question, please, if you're ready. Yeah, thanks, Julie. Um, it was a question for Jo. Um, jo, you, you spoke about looking out for accreditations or certifications in your supply chain. Are, are there any in particular that, that you look out for in your own supply chain? Thank you, Sophie, and hello. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, accreditations, um, it's a constantly evolving thing, really. So there's, there's lots and lots of them, aren't there? So I would say, firstly, you can't really be getting to know the organisations in your supply chain personally, because and then you understand what their values are. However, saying that, having accreditations does really help. So what we would look for, um, we, we, work, we work very much with locally based organisations. I'll be looking at something around organic, mm -hmm. uh, so GOTS or um, 
uh, one of those equivalent ones. And in India, there are other ones as well. We work a lot with um, a fabric called Cardi, which is a hand weave um, fabric, which was uh, inspired very much by Gandhi about rural empowerment. But they have their own accreditation, their own auditing systems for that. When we set up Where Does It Come From, we actually went towards getting a fair trade accredited and were, was a fair trade licensee. But actually, when okay. we started working with organisations in India, they had their own different um, mm -hmm. fair trade uh, equivalents. So, again, you get to know them, you talk to them, you need, you need to find out that they've got involved with the different ones. So I say I, I look for things... Uh, fair trade equivalent, organic equivalent, uh, but you can't be getting to know them yourself. The other thing is many of the small social enterprises can't afford accreditation or they might be early on in their journey as well. So there's lots of things to bear in mind. Okay, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Sophie, for that question. I'm going to hand the microphone over to Mary Chalk, who's got a question. Thanks. Um, thanks to both of you for, for really interesting presentations. Um, I'm a procurement manager and I've um, recently made the move from um, public sector into um, or back into private sector organisation where I'm the, the first ever procurement manager that the organisation's ever had. Um, one of my um, objectives um, or one of my tasks for the year is really to, to start to look at ethical supply chains. And um, one of the challenges that I've always seen in, in private sector is that because there's a lack of a mandate, you don't have the same mandate that you have in public sector, um, social value, social impact, um, it's sometimes a wee bit of a struggle to get that onto the C-suites agenda, um, particularly given the last year that a lot of businesses have had. Um, so with with a focus on reducing cost and taking cost out of the business um do you have any hints or tips or suggestions as to how um how i can drive that um particularly that i'm new into a business and um yeah procurement certainly isn't a high profile um function in there at the moment yeah it's an important question i think um, it's something that we've definitely seen that there tends to be one champion within an organization um, and they can be a real, you know, real great force um, in championing you uh, and be in fighting your case. But if they haven't got everyone else on board, it's difficult to find movement within the organization or meaningful or sustained movement towards social procurement. Um, I think, as you say, the public sector, they have this legislative mandate, um, which is driving that in that sector. But in the private sector, unless they're servicing the public sector, there isn't really a, a kind of legislative mandate. So there needs to be a more com a commercial mandate or a case for, um, for better business. It would be better business to work with eth ethical suppliers. And I kind of mentioned it when I was chatting before, but there's a lot of kind of commercial and financial benefits of working with social enterprises. Um, in terms of in terms of working with um, with more ethical suppliers, the CSR goals are met, your social value and sustainability goals are met. You're you're engaging staff um, in some really meaningful um, outcomes, impactful outcomes for your organisation. Um, and you're in, in attracting some really great talent as well. I think a lot of people, um, I'm, I'm 27 years old and I think it's a huge important, a matter of importance for me to work for an organization that has an ethical supply chain and has a, a conscious supply chain. Um, and I think it's the same for, for a lot of new talent coming into sectors. 
Um, and I think when you're looking at ESG requirements, these are things that are being spoken about at C-suite level. It's looking, investors are speaking about these things, staff are speaking about these things, um, consumers and your customers are speaking about these things, and the communities that you're operating in are speaking about these things. So um, they're, looking, they're looking for you to, to respond with, with meaningful action. Um, and I think it just it is better business because it makes you look good. And when you've ticked all the boxes for all those different stakeholders, your, your business is going to do better. Um, so I think it's really making a commercial case and spreading champions throughout your organization um, as well um, can be a really great thing because once that happens, it will get much easier to move things um, a lot faster. And um, we tend to try and go as high as possible, um, working in, in conjunction with our champion to try and get to the top and really make sure that we've got buy-in at that stage. And I also think what's a really convincing story for, for, for everyone, whether it be those working in CSR or those working in procurement, is the impact story and the story that these social enterprises have to tell because they, can, they are making some incredible and meaningful impact. And it, I don't think there's anyone out there that can deny that and when they see that, how, um, how moving it can be and convincing it can be. So I think yeah, getting in at the top and, and being really clear about the impact and making a commercial case will probably be um, my top tips for that. Thanks, Aisha. Um, Joe, would you like to add something to that? Um, very little, actually, because I, I wrote some notes down and Aisha's made got pretty much exactly the same things as I was going to say yeah definitely about the champion thing and employees uh, really looking for those kind of things but I think there's also um, marketing information that organizations can get from from this from having good impact as well so your customers are looking for it but by working transparently and understanding about your supply chain having photos videos or whatever of what's happening in your supply chain and, and the impacts sharing those through marketing information gives you a whole lot more um, information that you can be sharing uh, which is obviously your organization wants and I think it also gives you a competitive edge there's lots of other organizations who are not there yet you're showing that you're ahead and a lot of smaller more agile businesses can can be ahead of the game on this kind of thing and attracting new customers so yeah I think it's um it, it, I suppose as a as a procurement person you're going to have to put yourself in the shoes of the people you're trying to convince and see what buttons to press for them. It might be finance, it might be impact, it might be marketing. Uh, so maybe tell slightly slightly different stories depending on who you're talking to and hopefully you'll get, get the right um, results. Good luck. Thank you. That was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Mary, for your question. Um, and thank you, Joe and Isha. Let's squeeze one more question in. Um, Ella, I see you've asked a question. Would you like to unmute yourself and ask away? Great. Uh, thank you, Julie, and thank you, Joe and Isha. Um, I originally put this down for Joe. I don't know whether Isha might also have some thoughts, but um, I'm just aware that you know, if you're if you're producing a product, what happens to it at its at the end of its life is is a bit of a challenge if you are looking to be sustainable and ethical. I just wondered whether, do you know of any organisations that have done anything like a kind of buyback scheme or sort of a way of adding circularity into your own production process? I mean, has it been tried and just didn't work or, or is that just something that we're not there yet? Um, but interestingly, we do actually where does it come from for our children's clothing so we don't do it for the adults clothing but for the children's clothing we'll buy that back and and resell it um on at obviously a much lower price and that's about keeping that in circulation because if you've got quality items then they can be reworn um i would say it's something that 
it's had a mixed reception. A few years ago, organisations were doing it quite a lot. I remember Marks and Spencers did it, and um, a lot of organisations partnered with charities as well, didn't they? So they partnered with a, a, a Oxfam, I think, partnered with um, somebody, and they they did it that way. But it does seem to have disappeared. I don't know if it's coronavirus related or just it didn't didn't work or it wasn't you know it wasn't went out of fashion. I don't quite know. But I know there were some um, people were not keen on the idea of encouraging people to feel less guilty. So by giving your thing back, you can then go and buy something else. There was definitely some uh, vibes about that going on. So you're, you're encouraging consumption almost by doing that. I don't, I don't, oh, somebody's put in the chat, Jess, Jess has put in the chat, Ikea has it. So, um, so it's still, it's still out there. It's still happening. And maybe it's been slowed down by COVID. But there, there, there are mixed thoughts on it. I personally think it's a good thing because if you can encourage, if you make, encourages making quality items and encourages keeping items in circulation for longer. Thank you, Ella, so much for your question. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, actually, Alessandra does have a question. I wonder if we could quickly address it. I'm going to going to fire it quickly um, at you both. Um, she said, "Could could panelists explain how to get into ethical supply chain, please?" We've kind of been talking about that, but she says we're only beginning to sell tangible products rather than just services. So we would love to know particularly if you have any experience of the online supplier chain. So online is I think the key question there. Any quick thoughts on that before we wrap up perhaps Isha? Yeah, so we, we do B2B, so I don't know if it's a consumer market, the, the B2C market that um, is particularly interesting, but um, I think all the same sort of things apply from a B2B to a B2C market. Um, so things about shouting about your impact, shouting about your quality, um, making sure that you're targeting the right kind of people as well. Having, you will have champions, not only just in organisations, but in, in your communities too and in society that are already interested in procuring more socially. I think partnering up with some great um, marketplaces, online marketplaces too. I think eBay's just launched one with Unlimited, which was really yeah. great news. Um, Social Supermarket as well, it's another great organization. Um, and just partnering with, with those that will already have that ready-made audience and network for, for you. But Joe, I, I presume you might have loads of thoughts on this too. Oh, that's that's um they're really good points actually Isha, really good points is getting getting the your products out there to the to the right customers because i say the right customers i mean the ones that share your values um using those ready-made platforms is a great idea at the other end i would just um say the most important thing about setting up your transparent supply chains is just breaking the process down and being clear and transparent about all the different stages and who's going to be doing them and is going to be involved in terms of processes and materials um, and just stepping through and being clear about it and then don't think that you have to do everything all in one go sometimes it's a journey you know so you just start maybe you start using um, conventional cotton and switch to organic you know maybe you use it in a factory that isn't powered the way you want but you can you can change you can move and you can work with those organizations and stakeholders to help them improve as well so so yeah we, we beat ourselves up about not being perfect and it's easy to knock people down but i think sometimes if you've got a, a good goal start on the journey and be clear with your customers about what you're doing so you can you can start off be clear and then move in the right direction and do the best you can that's really what it is absolutely that's 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 great advice because i think people do get overwhelmed by the sort of size of the task in front of them but step by step seems to be super advice right i'm going to wrap up i hope you've enjoyed listening in maybe with your sandwich or you've been out on a walk or it's been a useful use of your time thank you so much for today's speakers for sharing their expertise with us thank you joe thank you isha
Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about buying and selling social. Thanks to our speakers, Isha of Supply Change and Joe of Where Does It Come From? And a big thank you to our audience. Keep an eye on Pioneer's Post for details of the next Wise Ways to Lead webinar, which will be coming up soon. Remember that you can explore the Wise 100 collection, which brings together everything we've published so far in this series. That's on pioneerspost.com wise100. And there are lots more resources on pioneerspost.com. And to support us to continue creating useful content like this, you could even subscribe for less than £4 a month. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Pioneers Post channel, wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next time.